Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. Speaking of teaming up with experts, we want to hear from you. If you have a specific topic you'd be interested in suggesting, please email us at podcasts at hci.org. Well, you all, we have the long-awaited on this podcast, Dr. Steve Iacovelli today. We're so excited to have him with us, and I'll tell you a little bit about him before we get into the content here. But Dr. Iacovelli is an award-winning author, speaker, and catalyst for inclusive leadership in and out of the workplace. He's an entrepreneur. Having founded Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, in 2008, and is a thought leader in leadership, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and change management, some of my favorite topics. During his career as a consultant, he realized a desire to help leaders who excel in their leadership skills and even those who crash and burn be more effective through a variety of modalities but mostly being there to support their, and I love that you make words up too, their leadershipiness. So a few years back, Dr. Iacovelli or Steve uh, realized a need to develop LGBTQ plus leaders and the gay leadership dude was born. Welcome. Thank you, Cindy. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, we're so excited that you have the time to be on with us. I know you're so incredibly busy, but for our listeners, I wanted to start here because I thought it would just give them an idea of the playing field here (laughs) before you were just a regular dude. And now (laughs) we we might call you the gay leadership dude. Um, And, you know, previously with just this L&D business, now obviously you've just taken things by storm. So could you tell us a little bit more about breaking into this gay leadership dude brand and and really your why for that? Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I've been in the leadership change management diversity space pretty much my whole career. So it's been, you know, like three three or four years or something. No, I'm just kidding. It's been like almost 30 (laughs) at this point, which is crazy. You're so young. I know. I just turned 52. But, uh, you know, I've been really fortunate that I've been kind of bouncing around, but really staying within that broader scope of things. Uh, you know, I, I worked internal to the Walt Disney Company for several years. I was an IBMer for um, a couple of years. I was a professor for like a hot minute, but there was a lot of consistency in, in what I did. And and you know, like you said, fourteen almost fifteen years ago, in a really awesome economic time, I decided to start my own business, and it actually worked out pretty well. Um, you know, we scratched and clawed for our first few years, but then things kind of picked up. We got some big clients. We mainly work with large Fortune five hundreds and large not for profits doing uh, leadership change management and. And you finally getting more into the the diversity, inclusion, and belonging spaces over the last maybe about 10 years or so. But um, in 2018, I was working on my latest book, which is Pride Leadership Strategies for the LGBTQ+. I say plus, not plus because I lived in France and I'm cooler. Uh, LGBTQ+, plus leader to be the king or queen of their jungle. And and really, the book started... um, Well, let me take a step back. So I was at a conference and I'm sitting there sorting my business cards between sessions. And this woman's next to me doing kind of the same thing. And she looks at me, she's like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, consulting, blah, blah, blah. How about you? And she said, I'm a publisher. I said, you know what? There's a leadership book in my head that needs to come out. She's like, well, let's get that out then. And so Jen at Publisher Purpose Press became my publisher. 
Yeah, it was really cool. And that's amazing. Very cool. And you know, and and happens, you know, Jen is a it's a lesbian owned business, so kind of keep it in a little rainbow family too, which is kind of nice supporting each other. But you know, I was going down the path of writing a quote unquote generic leadership book. And uh, you know, because I mean, after you know, twenty plus years at that point, you know, almost thirty, you, you see the patterns. And, and as you said in the intro, uh, for the folks who are rocking and rolling, and the leaders who are just crashing and burning, and you start to see the patterns on what works and what doesn't. And then I started looking at my queer brothers and sisters and siblings, and watching them in their leadership worlds. And um, Cindy, do you remember uh, the original Sex in the City? Of course. Yes, of course. You know, and Carrie would say- I may have just rewatched it before this last stint, but keep going. I did too. So, <laughs> and you know, maybe that was what was in my head. But, you know, Carrie, for those who don't know, would sit down. She was the main protagonist and she'd open up her little MacBook to write her stories. And she always started, I couldn't help but wonder. And that was me watching, you know, my queer siblings do their thing. I'm like, I couldn't help but wonder, is there something about the LGBTQ experience that leads you to approach leadership just in a different way? And so I kind of overused word since COVID, but I did a pivot. And instead of writing, um, you know, kind of the generic leadership book, I really put it through what I called the rainbow lens. And that's kind of how Pride Leadership was born. So flash forward, still working with my amazing publisher, Jen, and I'm in the midst of writing Pride Leadership. And, and she's a brilliant marketer. And at one point, she's like, well, what's your brand? I'm like, well, Top yeah. Dog Learning Group. You know? She's like, no, 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 your personal brand. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, well, you need to find one because, you know, and she's like, think of it this way. At some point, the God, Universe, Buddha, Allah, insert bigger deity here. You'll sell your business to like some fabulous other company that will just take it and run with it. But your personal brand, like the book, will always stay with you. So you need to define it. And I was like, that's really brilliant. And what is that? And that's kind of how um, the gay leadership dude was born because you immediately know three things about me, that I'm gay and that I self-describe myself as a dude. And I really like to talk about leadership. And yes, and there's a circle R on that too. So no one else can be the gay leadership dude, except um, only in the US. I think you can still use a copyright outside. Oh, wow. I love that. I, man, that is so, and I, again, I truly love your, your, the story about how you met your publisher. I mean, I love stories like that anyways, but it was meant to be. Yes, it was. This had to happen. This had to happen. We needed you, right? Like we (laughs) needed you to be out there. And here's my thing. So you all, I follow Steve on Instagram Um, And really awesome. What I love, what I've learned about just, you know, learning from what other people do. I always love that you will post an article that's a worthy read. So A, thank you for doing that because I get very overwhelmed. So I like to be able to say, hey, I trust this worthy read, right? Coming from you. But this is what I was going to say. So I know that you talk about this stuff all the time, right? And I'm so grateful. Thank you for, you know, being on with us. But So much of your how and why of your brand is really, and you talked about the word leadership, so is really to ensure that everyone has an opportunity. Um, So can you talk to the how-to piece of this, of how to become a more inclusive leader? What would you share? And I know you've probably talked about it, but we want to hear it. Yeah, no. So first, before we do that, Cindy, I want to make sure that those who are listening understand how I define leader. Perfect. Wonderful. And Do it. I even talk about this in the preface of pride leadership because I've, you know, I've been working around this space for quite a while and, and I have people like, oh no, no, I'm not a leader. I'm just a manager oh, or no. I'm, I'm an individual no. contributor. Yeah. And no. just like you were saying, like, no, 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 you have influence. You're a leader, period. It doesn't matter. 
And so that's the first thing. So when I talk about inclusive leadership, you know, as we say here in the South, it's all y'all. Uh, yeah, that's not I'm in Cincinnati. To... We kind of say something similar in Kentucky. So we're good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so you know, it's it's everyone in the workplace can have influence. And so I start with, you know, we all can be inclusive leaders regardless of our line and the org chart and all that fun stuff. So if that's the case, then what can we do? And, and over the years, um, and you know, in the keynotes I do and all the fun stuff, it really boils down to three strategies anyone can do in order to be an inclusive leader. It's think in it's speak up and it's act out. And so um, in those three buckets, it's just kind of where you put your focus. And so for thinking, get your own house in order, you know, find out what are some of those unconscious biases you may have. Look at your own behavior, look at your own words. You know, how can you make yourself be more inclusive and kind of live that life versus just tell everyone be more inclusive and not really do it. So kind of the thinking in is the first step. Then it's a speak up. And I say this, it's meant to be like around the team that you're most working with. And we'll keep this in the workplace, but of course it applies outside. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. So when you speak up, um, it's using inclusive language. It's thinking through, um, you know, I mean, certain industries have certain lingo that if you really peel it back, it's really not super inclusive. Like, uh, you know, you see the real estate market where they've started referring to you know the main bedroom as the main bedroom or the main suite versus you know some of the other words that were used in the past that have connotations to to slavery um, IT, you know, instead of having, you know, you send an email, oh, your email got blocked, you know, because you're on the blacklist, you know, oh, it's a negative connotation versus the whitelist, which is a good one. And so, you know, little things like that can go a long way. And then it's really the biggest one in the speak up is um, I use the phrase, as many do uh, who are in the space, uh, about the concept of silent collusion. Cindy, do you know what that is by chance? I have no. That's fine. That's fine. Most people don't. It's not super common out there. Silent collusion, and, and this is a true story too. So I was in Atlanta um, pre-COVID and it was myself and one of my top doggers, which is what I call my consultants and Lori was next to me. And we were doing like a final meeting with a client. We did a change management thing and it was uh, Lori and I and 38 other folks from the client side. So the conference room was pretty packed. And at the head of the table is the senior executive who was in charge of the project, literally signed our checks like they were the highest person in the room. And just as we're about to start the meeting, uh, you know, the voices are dining down and, and you hear that senior executive who's male, and that's important to the story. Um, you hear him say, well, you know how all women drive. And <gasps> yeah, exactly. And but at that moment, we all just looked at him. But no one said a word. No one. Oh, silent collusion. Silently nah. colluding. Yes. Letting it. Oh. So when we want to be more inclusive leaders, don't do that. <laughs> you know, um, and then you know, I have and we can put this in the show notes. We have like a free little mini online training on how to beat silent collusion through six steps, which we call MOPSAM. And so MOPSAM stands, it's an acronym, stands for the six strategies. But one of those steps is is you simply ask a question, which is the A in SAM. And and so we as inclusive leaders can do something like that. When so you know a women drive, we can say, uh, I'm sorry, we'll say his name is Bob, just to pick on Bob. Bob, what did you mean by that statement? And now I'm doing things on purpose. You know, I'm not saying, Bob, what did you mean by that statement? Which of course right. that tone is accusatory, Bob's deflecting, yes. you know, shields go up, blah, blah, blah. But you just ask that question, Bob, what did you mean by that statement? And it, it kind of will jar Bob or whomever really to get from that unconscious to conscious, because yes. that's typically yeah. where people are operating and saying things from. So the speak up is, is just thinking through how we create that inclusive language. And then the act out is the bigger picture. You know, look at your business, look at your workplace and say, you know, what are our policies for, say, trans healthcare or 
family leave, you know, bereavement. You know, I know a lot of companies now, I, I am not a human parent in this lifetime, but I am a canine parent. And so, you know, when my canine daughter passed away, you know, if I worked for a company, did they give me bereavement for that family member? You know, that's a different way to think about inclusivity and it can go so many different directions, but what is your business doing to be inclusive and act out and what can you do to make it even more inclusive? So think in, speak up and act out. I love those. And I will tell you what's so funny um, when you were talking to Bob and you wanted to use your really snotty voice towards him. What's <laughs> funny is I do this in my, so I teach classes with Human Capital Institute, HCI also. And every time I'm like making the voice of somebody, I'm, I am doing that. Like, well, what do you mean, Bob? And, I'm, and then I have to go, why did I even just I'd say to my participants, why did I even just do that? I don't know why I just did that. And then I'll say, well, what did you mean, Bob? <laughs> like, I'm like, So I get that. Like, there's that tone and you do have to be it from the other side of that. You have to be intentional when yeah. you're asking that question, right? You do, you have to, because otherwise you're escalating, right? And then to your point, you're putting somebody on defensive and perhaps, I don't know if you would be or not, but it's a much smoother conversation. One of the things, you know, that I am always worried about, and I, we had launched a DE&I class at HCI and we had done a webcast and I was talking with the person who wrote it, the instructor, the designer. And I said to her, I'm like, I'm going to fumble over my words because I want to be inclusive and I don't want to use the wrong language. So I screw up sometimes, you know? That's fine. That's totally fine. And I, I was just teaching a class, oddly enough, on site, which is such a rare occurrence. But, uh, you know, I was on site doing a one day inclusive leadership workshop that we do for clients. And this exact same topic came up. People are like, I want to do the right thing, but I'm scared to screw up. I said, you know what? If you screw up, it's totally fine. You know, have grace, give permission. And, you know, one of the things you can say up front when you're having these discussions is, hey, I'm not going to get it right. I'm looking to you to help educate me. Now, don't always rely on the other, quote unquote, you know, whoever the other is to always be the educator as someone who is an other, as a queer person, that can be exhausting. But, you know, but do give folks say, hey, I want to do my best as a leader. I know I'm going to mess up. I give you permission for feedback. And, I and love that. I have said to so many workplaces, they're like, what's the secret to really change the culture? I said, absolutely one, trust for anything, of course. Um, but two, you know, giving real good feedback and not feedback like, oh, nice job, Cindy. Uh, you know, it's more like, hey, Cindy, when you used inclusive language in that presentation, it was really great. Or, hey, Cindy, I see that in your email you have pronouns listed. Thank you for that. That sends me a signal that you're open and inclusive. And just that little bit of feedback can go so far in a corporate culture. That's amazing. You know what? I would identify as she and her in my email signature, but I just haven't sat down to do it. I haven't updated it, but I never thought about, to your point, the receiver recognizing when I have that or anybody else would have that in their email signature that what that means. I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's little things that I talk about yes, this by leadership. There's yes. those little tiny things that can go super far. You know, even things like whenever I create training programs for our team or for our clients or things that we just kind of do off the shelf, you know, it's never he, she as like the, like, Oh, you are the executive and you're talking to them and, and he, she, we always use they, why? Because it's more inclusive and it's appropriate now. And that way you don't have to really like, you know, play up the gender thing and allow people to interpret it how they will. Mm -hmm. Good, good feedback. Thank you for sharing just little tips for those of us that maybe aren't sure 
what we can do or those little small changes that we can do or, you know, even within an organization, which I guess brings me to my next question. And I think we've already talked some about this, but I want to be very pointed about asking, you know, obviously all of these tips that you're offering are some of the things that you've done or even, you know, talking through silent collusion and how we are intentional about asking or even the email signature line, very pointed. What comes to mind specifically other than maybe these two things? Is there anything else that comes to mind that an organization as a whole can do to really build into creating that more inclusive workplace? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that really should be pointed out. And, you know, we are top dog learning group. And yes, we create learning stuff and we train humans, not dogs, unless there are dogs. That's a whole other story. But, um, but really every project we approach from a client perspective, it's actually a change management project. Yes, learning is involved, but we, you know, one of the first questions we ask any client is, all right, at the end of the day, we throw you know, 500 learners or leaders through this leadership program. How are you going to know if it works? And we think about the measurement strategy first. And so if you are trying to create a more inclusive workplace, start there. You know, how are you going to know if the efforts that you're doing to create a more inclusive workplace is working? Um, you can do things like look at retention statistics. Look at uh, if you do an employee engagement survey, do you have a question that asks, I feel a sense of belonging in this workplace? And, and really doing some follow-up, not just ask the question to ask them, but ask them to find out. And so starting there first is a great place. And then, you know, again, with change management, it's also part of a communication strategy. So, you know, like I said, I was on-site workshop last week for a client, but that's not the only thing they're doing to be more inclusive. So yes, there's training and there's other things that we can do. And, and so um, for many organizations who think like, yay, training, silver bullet, no, that's not going to move the needle. Uh, it might ding things a little bit, but to, in order to have lasting human behavior change, you're going to need those different communication efforts. And I would wrap all that around with organizations absolutely need to have a visible executive sponsor. And diversity and inclusion efforts coming from like a department buried somewhere within the HR function honestly won't work. Um, I mean, they might make a little bit of like performative um, allyship is what we call that. Where you know, I'm look how awesome I am. I changed my logo to rainbow colors for June. We're so inclusive. Shenanigans. No, you're not. And so it's really, really thinking through who's at senior executives. Are they out there you know, drumming up the beat to say, look, friends, this is how we're going to be more inclusive. Are things like your corporate or workplace values uh, supporting inclusive initiatives? And are they are there for like, you know, fodder in the break room and on the website? Or are they really stuff that people hang their hat on? And I think those are probably the three best things to think about uh, as a workplace when you're really trying to say, you know, what, we want to take this seriously and really, truly make uh, an inclusive workplace better. And, and I would just summarize this last part, Cindy, is there's various reasons why organizations embrace being more inclusive. You know, on one side, it's legal. <laughs> we have to, it's kind of keeps us out of trouble. So that's on one end. On the opposite side of that same continuum is like, you know what, it makes the world that much better. I'm there, I bet you you're there too. And and I think a lot of folks listening are, are also, yeah, the world needs to be better. But I always approach my clients and say, look, I'd love you to get to that spot, but let's agree that actually this is really good for your bottom line. And don't take my word for it. Let me show you the business case statistics on companies that outperform when they embrace diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And I say, if you can just agree that this is better for your bottom line, can you go on this journey with me? They're like, yeah, we can. And yes, of course, hopefully, I hope they get to the, like, hey, the world's even better now. So, but at least get them to like, hey, it's your pocketbook and it's going to be good stuff. 
I would imagine organizations that you're brought in to do some of this work with already are in that place or is it a split? Are you sometimes brought into organizations like that are thinking about it? <laughs> We're across the board. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 I've worked with clients who, you know, the senior leaders get it, but the rest of the folks aren't on board yet or don't see a need okay. for it. And so that's part yeah. of me and my team's job, yeah. if you will, is to help really, I mean, yes, we're educating, but we're also selling on the Yeah, content. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the word performative and that was a hard lesson for me to learn, you know, probably about six, eight months ago or what have you working with an organization and I'm starting to help them with some of their social media. And I was recognizing, you know, special days and months through the year and someone had used the term performative. And I realized it's not that the organization doesn't wrap around it, but there's no action behind it. Right. Well, not yet. Right. Change, 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 change. But there's not action. And I thought, wow, I'm doing that. Thank you for sharing that word and and making that connection that there are organizations. I think they think they're doing the right thing by celebrating, but don't recognize like, oh, but are we really? (laughs) Are we really standing up for this? When we go into a client where we're just kind of, you know, you know how dogs sniff each other to kind of check each other's out, like yeah. we do too. You know, like humans. Yeah. and and yeah. so um, you know, I can tell when I go into a client, and you know, we ask pretty early on. So, you know, how would you describe some of your inclusive work efforts? And they're like, "Oh, we're so inclusive. We have blank month." And it's like, ah, that's a good start. However, you know, it's a good start. Yeah, it's the intention. I think often is the right intention. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so we've talked about a little bit, and thank you for sharing such great data that you're sharing with us. Um, We talked about thinking about what it could look like or what organizations could do to build that inclusive workplace or add to what they're already doing and embracing. One of my old bosses used to always use the term secret sauce. So (laughs) what to you is that secret sauce or ultimately the secret to great leadership? Do you have something that's top of mind when you think of that terminology? If I could have taken my 300 and I think it's 56 page pride leadership book, boil it down to one page with one word on it, which is the secret to leadership. That's not good for sales, but um, I could have done that uh, because the secret to leadership is trust. And if everything I talk about in pride leadership and what I do in pride leadership. And, and, you know, these aren't just unique to LGBTQ plus people. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's the six competencies or six areas that I have seen really make a difference. And, and it's, you know, um, being authentic in the workplace, having leadership courage, uh, engaging in empathy, effective communication, building relationships and shaping culture. And uh, like I said, those aren't unique to the queer community, but I just put them through the rainbow lens and have a chat. But really, when you engage in all six of those leadership competencies, those leadership areas, you're automatically building trust with those around you. If I'm being my authentic self at work, one, people know when you're not. Uh, but two, more importantly, if, if my team and the people around me at work see me being me, that's power. That's trust. And so all the things that we can do by leveraging empathy, building relationships, it's all about building trust. And so that truly is the secret to leadership success. But the challenging part about it is trust can so quickly be eroded with, you know, one misstep or one thing. And it's not to scare a leader. That's the challenge of leadership, isn't it? It's you can win it uh, with that, you know, political or that emotional or leadership capital, but it's really easy to make that withdrawal. 
quite quickly if I misstep or depending on kind of the amount of things that I do. You know, we're having this conversation and it's the day that it was announced that Bob Tapek at the Walt Disney Company was ousted and Bob Iger just came back. Um, now I'm, of course, having been a former cast member and sit here in Central Florida in Orlando, I have a lot of friends who work throughout the Walt Disney Company. It's fascinating to watch knowing that corporate culture. And really, that's an example of you know, the other Bob, Bob C. He wasn't engaging in that trusting mentality from what I can understand. And you know, of course, we have the missteps that he did with the don't say gay bill here in the state of Florida and all that fun stuff. So you see the difference in with Bob Iger and people are just like, oh my gosh, we loved him. Even if we didn't agree with him, we respected him and we valued him because we knew where he was putting his focus. And and that's a really interesting example of what trusting leadership can or doesn't look like and how the results can kind of unfold themselves. Trust is such a ground floor of so many things. So again, part of what we're doing at HCI is helping to build this idea of the, a strategic HR partnership, right? Which also blends into exactly what you're saying with that collaboration between leaders and our HR function. Um, but that is one of the things that we talk about is to really be a partner in an organization is to have build, have and build and have the trust that you're talking about. You've got to have that. But I also, when you started talking about trust, my mind couldn't help but move to, we are so much in a cancel culture. And I know that probably extends more into like celebrity status and, and music and, you know, all of those pieces. But I think regular everyday, you know, Joes and JNs and whomever, and the they, everybody out there, we all kind of fall into that sometimes, right? Somebody that we've gained trust with. And I think that's a little bit what you were saying, but we've gained trust, but then something happens and it's so easy to withdraw that trust. There's a, a strategy that I, I kind of coach, especially people who are more, in, you know, outside of work or even inside work in the social justice movement and equity and inequality and things, I say, you know, when you meet somebody who has a very, very, very different perspective or opinion or even value system, stop, take a breath, and as neutral as you can, i.e. watch your emotional impact, because of course these are emotional things, to say, you know, that's a really interesting perspective. How did you get there? And then just listen. And, you know, because sometimes it, you start to unpack what those differences are that maybe they aren't so different anyway. And, and so... By doing that, even if I just ask that alone, I don't do that. Wow, that's an interesting perspective. How'd you get there? You know, again, again, snotty language. I, I mean, yeah, exactly, tone, exactly. Snotty tone, rather. Yeah. If I just sit there and I say, you know, I, I want to understand how you got there, that automatically starts so to build a relationship and rapport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's honestly that's what I've been working. That's been that was one of my just holistic goals um, coming into 2022. Um, I want to be better at listening because I think we're in a place that we could easily cancel culture, be very divisive. We, you know, all of those things could come about. But to your point, if I chill my emotions a little bit, I can just ask and, and listen. And sometimes the listening, I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Right. right, I, right. Wow. That happened to you because we all, all of us also have stories. Sure. And sometimes our reaction or what we say or what we do comes from a story of where, why we are, where we are. And I would follow it up by saying, you know, yeah. with that being said, don't feel that you have to compromise your own personal values. 100%, 100%. But listen, right? But listen and understand. I think that's the piece that we, we've, maybe 22 we're doing better, but um, 
I think that kind of fell off for a while. We weren't listening for understanding anymore. We were listening for reaction. That's a paraphrase of Stephen Covey quote. I don't know if you knew that. Stop it. It is. I mean, I am that good, really. I just pull them (laughs) out of the air on occasion. He he says, you know, we we often listen to respond versus listen to understand. Yeah. (sighs) We as leaders who want to be inclusive leaders need, you know, listening is such an undervalued skill. And I think that's, and of course, I talk about that in the communication chapter of Pride Leadership, but we really think about, you know, what are you hearing? What are you not hearing? And how can you start to have that dialogue versus that talking at in order to really understand somebody and help them be more inclusive as well as yourself? I love it. So we continue to come back to your book. (laughs) Um, And so I do want to have a free latest book. Yes. I was just having a conversation with another guest at some point and we were talking about, is it newest or latest? And we're like, at what point does newest become latest? When does that, when is that transition? No. I know it's interesting concept, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about who buys that book. How are they using it? What does that look like for our listeners? So I jokingly say it's the latest book because they're, yeah. Yeah. If you go to our website, there are technically three. I'm actually working on the next one right now. Yay. Um, yeah. So, um, but the first one was actually my doctoral dissertation. My doctorate is actually in instructional technology and distance education. So I was Zooming before Zoom was a cool thing. That's right, you were. Kind of, kind of ironic. Um, you know, and I remember early people were like, "What is it?" I'm like, "E-learning." Like, ah, it's a stupid way to learn. We'll flash forward to the pandemic, and there's. That. I know. But so I just published it just to get the ISBN credit. I, once in a blue moon, I'll get like a 22 cent royalty. I'm like, "Mom, did you buy my book again?" You know. So anyway. There's that. And then um, I was so over academic writing that the next book I wrote was called Overcoming Poopy E-Learning because, I mean, it's kind of the same concepts, but, you know, it was much more cheeky. It's much more in, in my personality. And, but it was, it was all the things that um, really was based on my doctoral research, which was looking at people's attitudes toward online learning and, and what that looks like. And so, you know, and I tucked that away. I wasn't, I self-published that one. It was a horrible experience. So I was like, never again. And then Pride Leadership, as you said, is the latest book or the newest book, latest, whatever, we'll say latest. Um, But, you know, I wrote that book as it was meant to be a textbook. And, and so, you know, as like you, and and I'm sure many folks listening as learning people, um, I wrote it like I was teaching a class. And so it's a little hefty, as my publisher always says. She's like, your girl's a big girl. I'm like, I know. So it's, it's a little thick. But it really is meant to be kind of like a how-to practitioner guide to be a better leader through the lens of these six leadership competencies. Again, authenticity, courage, empathy, communication, relationships, and culture. And so once the book was done, then I created the workbook that goes with it, which all fed into an eight-module online class that we do. And uh, we, we, for that one, we target um, a lot of employee resource groups. And so especially folks in the LGBTQ plu uh, groups, a part of the, the bigger organizations and nonprofits. And so, but what's been really cool is there's lots of allies who are also in those groups. And so that's been really fun to, to you know, have uh, as we run these classes with the book as the basis and they had the workbook, you know, how it's a, a good chunk mix of our straight friends who are like, yeah, I get your really weird dad jokes, but it's good, solid leadership theory. I'm like, awesome. So. So that's kind of who's been really consuming it. Um, and then, of course, there's the audiobook that's out there, which I kind of premiered um, actually at the beginning of the pandemic was the, the sad plan timing. Um, and so it probably story. worked really well, actually. Well, it was kind of funny because, um, you know, the idea was on the, the one year mark of Pride Leadership, the book, the physical book itself coming out is when, you know, my publisher was like, you know, that's when you should target the audiobook. So you don't overwhelm yourself and 
cool. So I met with an audio engineer and we had all these plans and we got online and we couldn't get good audio just because I think everybody was now working from home and everything was just weird. And so um, he said, well, okay, you're going to have to record it on your own and then send me the chapter and I'll clean up the audio and we'll go from there. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, so find the quietest place in your house and read a chapter, which of course the quietest place in my house to read my queer leadership book was in the closet, which is just ironic. <laughs> so, so, so the, and, and of course they, the first question they asked was like, well, are you going to read it or are you going to hire a professional? And I'm like, well, I have a whole chapter on authenticity. That would kind of be really crappy if I was not doing my own book. So it's out there. Yay. Well, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And again, you all, I don't know if Instagram is your biggest following social media, but I really have enjoyed following that social media. So that and get on Steve's website, some really great information. And he's got a lot of stuff going on with that too. Thank you. All right. So as we're wrapping up here, we're hitting a big time of year for a lot of folks moving into many different, a holiday for many folks. Um, So here's my weird question. I know you're a dog person. I also am a dog person and I have, um, my partner is very much like, really? You're buying them that also? Oh, wait, now you're doing, wait, what? And you're trying to get a fam? Anyway, so here is my question for you. Are you one of those dog dads that gets a little crazy over the holidays with your, with your furry friends? You know, it's funny. I actually am not. And so, you know, I've always been a dog person. Um, in fact, okay. we started Top Dog Learning Group. Uh, it was my friend, Ruth and I, we were still at Disney um, in 2002. And so it was, it was like a side hustle for you know, several, several years. And, and so that was actually the big joke was, you know, she had a dog. I did not, but I'm like, well, I like dogs. And so that's how Top Dog became our Hilarious. name. So, like, so flash forward, um, you know, I've been with my husband for almost 25 years. Oh my gosh. It took me 10 years to convince him to get a dog. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, nope, nope. Don't like dog. I had to dog once. Nope, nope, nope. So it's like 10 years of jumping the beat. Finally, I'm like, look, I have crazy paternal instincts. It's either a dog or an adoption of a child. You pick one. He's like, okay. Well, dog dog it is. <laughs> so, that's how we got Ella. And she's amazing. Oh. She was amazing. Yeah. She passed away from cancer, but she was a fighter. She did awesome. Well, it was funny because about two years into Ella being uh, our canine daughter, I really wanted to get a second dog. And so I, Said to, to my husband, I'm like, you come on, they're pack animals. We need to. And he's like, uh. So we went to this place and, and met this one puppy, and he's still dragging his feet. And it turns out, and I always wanted to name um, my first male dog after my grandfather. I was super close with his name was Russell. Um, and so I called my mom, I'm like, mom, is it okay if I name my next dog after a pop up? And she's like, absolutely, he'd love that. So um, as it turns out, my dog, Russell, was born on the same day as my grandfather. So, so anyway, I bring all this up because. Um, my husband is now like so sold on Russell and dogs. He is the crazy one with the holiday stuff and the special presents. And yeah, he stuffs like, you know, Russell of course has a stocking and he puts it. Oh yeah. Come on now. Who does it? I mean, I was just at the grocery the other day and there was a bark tutory. I love Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For like, I don't know, maybe $15. And I'm like, I really had to really stand there and think about it for a minute and and realize, really, I've just bought them these treats and this, and I now feed them. They get carrots and and celery too, like, because I've read that it's really good for them. Anyways, yes. So good. (laughs) I I feel like I would be well received in his presence because I 
I'm doing the same thing on my end. Exactly. Oh gosh. Well, crazy. <laughs> well, Hey, thank you for sharing a little bit personally too, but thank you for uh, spending this time with us. I know you're super busy. No, this is great, Cindy. Thank you so much and, and continue to do the great work and, and stories that you do as well. Oh, thank you. Yep. All right, Nine to Thrive listeners, just a few things. Uh, please shoot us an email at podcast at hci.org if you have any suggestions for topics. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating does help other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For Nine to Thrive HR, and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in and have a great end to 2022. Thanks, everyone.